Welcome to Chromosphere, the color theory podcast. My name is Ed Charbonneau. I am an artist whose main focus is on painting, and I am also an adjunct faculty member in the Fine Arts Department at the Minneapolis College of Art and Design. This podcast presents a series of conversations about color, color usage, and optics as they relate to theories of human color perception in the making of visual art and design. Hello, and welcome to the third and final installment of Harmony. This final section of the essay, entitled A New Canon, places the work of color theorists Mary Gartside and Emily Noyes Vanderpool in historical context so as to examine how their inclusion, and by extension, additional underrepresented color theorists and practitioners, may help us to understand how we may expand our contemporary approaches to color usage in all creative fields. And it begins with the section heading, A New Canon. On April 12, 2022, Dr. Alexander Lasky of Sussex University was interviewed by Kelly Grover for BBC Culture's online journal regarding her publication titled, The Women Who Redefined Color. She makes this statement in the context of discussing the article's two subjects, the artists and color theorists, Mary Gartside, who lived in England from 1755 to 1819, and Emily Noyes Vanderpool, who lived in the United States from 1842 to 1939. Gartside and Noyes Vanderpool each wrote treatises on color and published at pivotal times in Western history. Mary Gartside published three books on color theory between 1805 and 1808. Gartside's descriptions and theories of color harmonies as subjective sensory phenomena were based firmly in the study of aesthetics and individual perception. She avoided tying her concepts to notions of romanticism, as did Goethe in 1810, or to humanism, as did Newton in 1703 when he chose to pair his seven hues to the number of planets, the days of the week, and the notes in the harmonious musical octave. In Gartside's instruction on color, she acknowledged that perception is psychologically subjective and rooted in phenomenology. She instructs the artist to take into account how colors relate to each other according to their placement along the spectral, spectral band, as well as in terms of their brightness, warm-cool relationships, and how they retreat and advance spatially. She writes, Quote, in order to arrange a variety of colors in a group so as to produce harmony, attention must be paid to the order in which they are seen in the rainbow or of the prismic spectrum. For if colors are promiscuously jumbled together without regard to the proper quantity of each and no other means used to obtain harmony than mere subduing them by shade or breaking them by mixing them with one another, it will frequently be impossible to do it that way without departing from nature. And if they could be 
even kept ever so well in subordination by those means, still the additional attention to the natural lightness, strength, and quantity of each is as requisite to be observed as the rules of perspective in regard to the size of the figure of objects. For though an object drawn contrary to these rules be ever so well shaded and colored, the defect will appear and lessen the value of the picture. So will a group of objects, though separately well painted in every respect, still be less pleasing than when in addition they are well arranged as to color." End quote. In her books, Gartside describes two distinct methods to examine colors and their relation to each other abstractly and independently of what they may represent or independent of the subject. First, she designed a color ball, advocating that, quote, prismic succession as a key to how colors harmonize, end quote. Gartside's color ball is a fan-like rainbow palette chart showing each color and color grouping in radial sequence. The second methodology Gartside invented is an entirely unique way of studying color relationships in what she termed a color blot. Gartside's color blots are watercolor studies examining the colors of the subject arranged in abstract cloud-like formations, to which Alexander Lasky says, quote, there is no other example of a representation of color systems that is as inventive and radical as Gartside's color blots, end quote. Gartzeit published theories about the subjective, expressive, and psychological relation of color in the years preceding Goethe and Schopenhauer's writings on the similar concepts. She also aggregated theories such as those by Aristotle, Alberti, and da Vinci while emphasizing the reference to nature as a guide in color management. She emphasizes lightness, or the value scale, strength, or chromatic intensity versus gray or brown, and quantity, uh, as in ratios and in proportions. And she may have been the first to have theorized the effects of warm and cool color relationships in a published work. Citing nature as a guide and using her innovative ways of deconstructing color relationship, Gartside's methodologies present an avenue to examine colors by disrupting a color vision phenomenon known as coding efficiency. Coding efficiency theorizes how processes of color vision work to simplify the environment as a form of adaptation. In human color vision, there are primarily three cone cell types which perceive all colors. The signals the cone cells generate are simplified further by other light-sensitive cells as they travel to the mind. The processes referred to as efficient and low-dimensional due to the vast number of colors that are spontaneously perceptible through minimal action. It is theorized that, hu that human color vision evolved to be low-dimensional and efficient to allow vision 
to adapt more quickly to changes in the environment. As a result, color vision is more adaptable to changes in contrast between chromatic or color intensities and less adaptive to, ch to value contrasts, changes in brightness, and contrast of hues. Due to this phenomenon, low contrasts in chromatic intensities, especially in terms of near neutral colors, such as browns and gray colors, are commonly not as noticeable as other visual stimuli in perception, value contrasts and motion being the most noticeable. Through Gartside's color ball and blot methodologies, a practitioner is able to abstractly examine the depth of colors present in a subject in ways which disrupt the natural tendencies of coding efficiency and other perceptual processes which are designed to simplify the visual field as a matter of adaptation. Emily Noyes Vanderpool was an American artist, writer, and color theorist who lived from 1842 to 1939. In 1903, she published Color Problems, a practical manual for the lay student of color, which was recently republished in 2018. Throughout the text, Noyes Vanderpool quotes Goethe extensively and devotes Chapter 5 to color harmonies, where she notes these methodologies in which colors may harmonize with each other. One, by gradation. Two, by change of quality. Three, by change of quantity. Four, by change of quality and quantity. By the addition of another color. By the addition of black, white, gray, gold, or silver by a dominant hue, by interchange, which is what she refers to optical mixing, she's referring to optical mixing, by interchange, by counterchange, which is the figure ground mixing or the relationship between the figure and the ground, counterchange. Number 10, by form and texture, and finally number 11, by outlining. Note that she does not rely on complementary color pairs to create harmony, nor is there any mention of colors mixing to gray. However, she does not exclude complementary color pairings, pairings as harmonious in other sections of the text. She ends the chapter on harmony with this passage, quote, It is safe to affirm that any colors may be used together with success, provided that they are harmonized by the use of some of the rules here given." End quote. Like Mary Gartside, Emily Noyes Vanderpool abstractly formatted the colors she observed. She drew grids of 10 columns and 10 rows for or 100 squares, and then studied the colors of the subject by painting them into the grid as flat squares of pigments allotting the number of grid squares to the total proportion of each color present. Each parcel of Noyes Vanderpool's grid represents 1% of the total, and taken together, they reveal the color harmony of the complete composition. Within the text, Noyes Vanderpool describes color vision theories ranging from Newton's wave theory to young Helmholtz's theory of trichromatic vision, Herring's opponent process theory, 
and the work of Christine Ladd Franklin. She lists a series of nine ways in which colors may contrast with each other, a list which is remarkably similar to Itten's list of seven contrasts. However, Noyes Vanderpool wrote her list at least 11 years before Itten first introduced his in 1914. Emily Noyes Vanderpool's theories of proportional harmonies predate by 60 years the nearly identical concepts Joseph Albers outlined in 1963 with Interaction of Color. She was a contemporary of Albert Munsell, and her theories aligned with much of what he also later wrote. Her 100-square-grid color assessment methodology is similar to the way Munsell arranged his colors in grids according to their hue, value, and chroma. Additionally, her recommendation that, quote, attention must be paid to the order in which they are seen in the rainbow or prismic spectrum, end quote, is identical to Munsell's analogous color schemes locating color harmonies along arcs of the color wheel. Noyes Vanderpool represents an inventive way to simplify the complexities of colors to study how they relate to each other by proportion, a key factor in determining color harmonies going back to Aristotle. And like many before her, she cites nature as the most significant and available source. She writes, quote, Nature abhors the commonplace. She despises crude red, yellow, and blue. Variety she will have. Harmony she insists upon. Positivism she only employs to emphasize her love of the infinite. End quote. This return to nature is a useful methodology for understanding color relationships, even if the artist or designer ultimately works in non-representational ways. Processes such as coding efficiency work to simplify the visual environment so that the mind is not overwhelmed by stimuli. Studying the effects of light on objects and planes reveals the hundreds of thousands of colors we ignore out of necessity as we navigate the visual environment. Mary Gardside and Emily Noyes Vanderpool present methodologies for visual investigations of light and shadow that are accessible and instructive as they reveal the subjective nature of color relationships. As per Dr. Lasky's wish, Gartside and Noyes Vanderpool's names belong alongside those of Aristotle, Newton, Goethe, Schopenhauer, Itten, Munsell, and Albers in the canon of color theory. This author agrees. And that is the end of the chapter. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please share it with your friends and family who may be interested and follow Chromosphere, the color theory podcast on Facebook and Instagram. We'd love to hear from you if you have comments or suggestions. I'd like to thank Jeremy Shapinski for writing and performing the theme music. Thank you also to Grant Winkles, Susie Manili, and Jeremy Shapinski again for their production, consulting, and editing.